It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. As it has been the last few weeks, uh, Missouri right now is all basketball. And in that light, we are going to welcome in Tiger assistant coach Michael Porter Sr. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Not too bad. Really appreciate you uh, taking some time. And I guess the first question is, I mean, have you, I heard Coach Hollander yesterday doing an interview saying in his coaching career, he's never experienced anything quite like the excitement and everything around the program the last six weeks or so. Uh, what's it been like from your perspective? Pretty much the same. Uh, you, you, you add in trying to find a house and get moved and, you know, not seeing my family for close to a month. Um, it has been very, very, it's been cool. It's been, yeah. it's been stretching, cool, exciting all at the same time. Now, I know a lot of coaches, when they take a new job, like you said, they got to go through all the, all the issues of getting familiar with the town and finding a house and everything, at least in that yep. regard, I, w- I imagine it was a little bit easier for you to just kind of settle right back into place. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, we sold our house after we moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did have to go through the process of finding another house. But other than that, man, it was like coming back and, you know, slipping into an old familiar pair of running shoes. It was great. <laughs> is uh, is the whole family back now or are you guys still kind of in that process? We're still in the process. Uh, they come back in pieces. Coben and Javon are here with me. Um, Michael, Jonte and Sierra and the rest of the kids. Oh, and Bree is here, too. Yeah. But the rest are out in Seattle with their mom. Okay. Now, one thing I want to ask you, I mean, how much, uh, I guess, how great a part of this is, hey, you get to come back now and, and be up close and see Sierra play her last couple years in college. It is awesome. It, it is awesome. You know, we made sure we were able to watch almost every game, especially almost every conference game, just because of ESPN and the app and all that stuff. We were able to stream it. But to be here and, and, and uh, you know, see the games in person, chat with her afterwards, it, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm extremely grateful for it. Yeah. Um, and I guess just how much is involved outside of, hey, finding the house? I mean, you got one kid, and I understand you can't talk about it, but hey, who's not sure if he's going to be in high school or college next year. The other kids, I assume you've got to figure out exactly where they're going. Have you guys kind of figured all that out? We're still working through that process. Um, it's, you know, again, being, you know, familiar with Columbia helps the process quite a bit. Um, but we, there's still quite a few planes we have to land, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Now, I uh, want to ask you, obviously, about your uh, your current job now. And just, I know you were up in Indianapolis and you guys have been on the road all over the state, all over the country, really. Uh, what has the reception been like that you guys have gotten on the recruiting trail? Well, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be, but I'm really surprised at how many kids and their parents were already familiar with with us, with Michael. You know, that, that what's happened with him over the last year has really helped to make some connections. And so um, people are aware of what's happening here in Columbia at the University of Missouri. And uh, to be quite honest with you, it's been awesome. 
Now, I understand AAU ball, all these kids, you kind of run into the same people over and over, so a lot of them know each other. But just the impression I've gotten is your older son, I mean, even on that circuit where everybody knows each other, Mike's kind of like a a celebrity out there, you know? Is is that the impression you've got? I mean, uh, all these kids, I can't talk to anybody that doesn't say, oh, yeah, Missouri, Michael Porter Jr., you know, and and talk about their experiences with him. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's surreal for me, man, because I remember, you know, this is a dude that used to pee on me when I changed his diaper, (laughs) you know? And to see him being – I mean, everywhere we go, we, we can't have dinner. We can't, there's nothing where people are coming up, asking for pictures, asking for autographs, wanting to talk. I mean, man, there was even one time he and I were in the San Francisco airport together and we had lost some ID or something of his mm-hmm. and the security person there recognized who he was Wow! and let, let us through. So, and then this was last summer. That wasn't even this summer after everything that's happened. That was last summer. So, um, it, it's been surreal. It has been. Well, if I'm ever running late for a flight, I might call you and just see if Mike can come along with me. Man. <laughs> um, it, no joke. How has, I mean, everybody I talk to and the impression I've gotten is for all this celebrity and all the stardom he's already gotten, he's a real grounded kid. I mean, how has he handled it? Has he changed it all in the last couple of years? Um. I think he's handled it well to answer your question. First question, he has handled it well, but yes, he has changed somewhat. Um, I think he is beginning to realize that um, just how fleeting and fickle fans can be. Mm-hmm. He's, he's already had people going at him on social media. And so the thing I'm trying to instill in him is that, you know, you can't believe the praise. Don't get into the praise and definitely don't get into the criticism. Put your head down. Continue to do the things that got you where you were. Don't pay attention to the outside noise. And remember who your inner circle is. That has to stay solid because, you know, we're going to love you and be there for you if you never bounce a basketball again. Um, most of the folks, a lot of the people that are coming along at this point, you know, it just kind of is what it is when you become a celebrity and you become popular. And so he's got to see it for what it is or else, you know, he will really change. But long and short of it is I'm really proud of how he's handled it to this point. Um, we still got to shore some things up and get better, but, but he's done a good job. We've, uh, we've heard his name obviously around Columbia for, for at least three or four years now as, as a guy who obviously coaches basketball, very familiar with the sport. When, how old was he when you kind of thought, okay, this isn't just kind of like a good high school basketball player. This kid can be special. Um, this, yeah, I, this is, I've told this story um, a couple times today already, but Michael was going into eighth grade. We took him to a national camp run by John Lucas. Mm-hmm. And there were kids from all over the country at this camp. And John has high-level basketball trainers working his camps, guys who train pros. And I remember wherever it was, Lisa and I were sitting in some chairs over on the baseline of the main court watching Michael go through the drill work that they were doing. And um, I just remember the guy, as Michael went through something, he turned to John Lucas. John was in another part of the gym, or, you know, not real far away. He just turned to him, and he pointed at Michael, and he said, that dude's a pro. That dude's a pro, John. Wow. 
And so that was when I first, that's the first time that I ever thought of him in those, you know, in, in, in that sense. And, um, and as we continued the process and he got more, got to play against more and more kids on a national level, I could see that, you know, Mike's a little different. Mm-hmm. He's a little different. All right, one more just uh, kind of personal question, and I want to ask you a little bit about the team. But uh, you mentioned your wife, Lisa, and I, I think I read that she averaged like 53 points a game her senior year in high school. Is that right? No, no, no. Okay. She, I, averaged, I, she, averaged, she averaged 58. Is Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, yep, I, I, I didn't mean to discredit shot, her there. <laughs> no. <laughs> she shot 72% from the field, too, that year. Um, and, but you gotta, you, you know, you gotta know it was, it was the, uh, old school six on six ball. She was the last class to play it. And, um, she only played offense. She didn't have to play defense. And so, um, that was, I still think it's pretty remarkable though. Shooting 72% yeah. is 72%, whether you're, you know, playing five on five or not. And, uh, she played in the summers, she played AAU and played five on five. And that's how she got used to that game. And, and excelling in that game. She went on to Iowa and was an All-American there as a freshman and uh, had a good career. Well, I, I guess it probably can keep your kids pretty humble then. I mean, mom can always come back with 35 <laughs> a game. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it, it is. It's a it, Gabe, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Lisa could not pick up a basketball for six or eight months just doing the mom thing. Spring will come. We'll be outside or we'll be in the gym. And I'll rebound four, and she might miss her first couple, but then after that, she'll reel off five. And as she continues to get warm, it'll be 10 or 15 in a row, and she won't miss. Um, So I'm just – she was a baller. You know, she played (laughs) professionally as well, too, over in France. So he he got it from both sides. All right, now we're talking to uh, Mizzou assistant Michael Porter Sr., and I want to ask you a little bit what – what have you guys been able to do as a staff? And I understand the kids now are, are scattered probably home for a couple of weeks, but what have you guys yeah. been able to get accomplished over your first six weeks or so as far as working with the kids who are already on campus? Yep, we were able to do workouts for the, our, all of our first couple of weeks here. We were able to get our hands on them, see what we had, and you know, put in some preliminary stuff, mainly to cultivate mindset amongst the guys that, hey, we want to play fast. And the entire time you are on the court in between those lines, you will give 100%. And so a lot of what we were doing, it was, it was a balance of, uh, of skill work and, and uh, mindset cultivation type stuff while introducing the very basics, I think, of what we're going to do transition offense-wise. That mindset, to me, that's kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I watched this team the last three years, and I go, look, they're yeah. not this bad. I mean, to go 8-24, and 24, yeah. that that becomes a thing where you take the court and I think they kind of expected to lose. And I know you were on a, a staff last year that, that I think momentum just kind of started to snowball and, and it went south. So for the guys who have been through these last couple tough years, how do you change that and say, look, we're bringing in a, a new culture and, and we're not going to lose, you know, you're not going to be losing 20 games this year? Yeah, I, I think um, just the fact that there was a transition well, you know, because it, it creates uncertainty now. And, like, they don't know what it's going to be like. And so that can stoke some fire in, in them as well. Um, one of the things that we have been very intentional about as a staff is instilling 
in them that we believe in them. And what all we do is point back to, you know, a couple of years ago, they were losing games, quite a few games by a lot of points. Well, last year, while they still lost, the margin of defeat wasn't as much as it was the previous year. And so, in other words, they're getting better. And college basketball is really, really hard to win with young kids, with freshmen, sophomores. These guys are juniors now. They've been through the fire. They, they, they know how hard it is to win at this level. And so you take that experience, you take that hunger, and you mix it with a talented, you know, incoming group. I think they see the writing on the wall, too, you know, not having a crystal ball, not saying what we're going to do this year wins and losses-wise, but it is going to be different. And that in itself, I think, breeds hoping, guys. You know, plus – We've had tons of conversation with individual guys and just looking at their game and, and, and helping them to see how they themselves can get better. And I think they bought into that. I know that uh, Coach Mann and Coach Hollander kind of uh, have been tasked with, hey, the, the area of focus is on the offensive side. It, what's your specific – I mean, do you have kind of within your role a, a more specific role yep. every day? Yep. Um, player development – is part of what I will do. And I will also be on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, Conzo from playing against them in the Pac-12. Right. And um, a lot of the defensive, prin- defensive principles that, that he wants to instill in this team, I'm really, really familiar with. And so, you know, as a coach, you can't see everything during the game. And uh, my thing, what I do during games is, you know, I watch off the ball to see if our help side defense is where they're supposed to be. If Watch and see if guys are communicating, watching box outs, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as the year wears on and we get closer and closer to playing that role, my role on the defensive end will become even more specific and refined. You know, but for now, I will be concentrating on defense and some player development stuff. All right, I'll get you out of here with two more. And the first one, I I don't know if there's a a polite way to ask it, but you understand there are out there some skeptics that say, hey, we know Michael Porter Sr. is related to his sons and all that, but what does he bring as a basketball coach? So just tell me that. As a coach, what do you think your strong points are? I think my strong points are, are twofold. One being, again, player development. I mean, I've been training Michael since he was three, Abriana and Sierra since they were five and six. Um, I had no control over the fact that he was going to grow six nine and Bree and right. C were going to be six two and six four. But what I did have control over is how their skills developed and what they did as young players. Um, I, I just had the mindset that. I didn't care if Michael could win an AAU championship in the third grade. That wasn't important to me. What was important to me was that he learned how to dribble. He learned the proper way to shoot, proper shooting mechanics, that he learned the fundamentals of the game. When my kids were growing up was when Tony Dungy was the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. And I remember after they won the Super Bowl, he wrote a book. Can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now. But one of the things I took away from that was he said, we didn't win because we were so much – more talented than other teams, but it was because we did little things better than everyone else. And so that's been my mindset. Concentrate on little things. Basketball is not hard. 
if you can dribble. It's not hard if you can dribble without looking at the ball and you can see plays developing. It's not hard if you can shoot the ball, shoot the ball the right way and give yourself a chance to make shots. And so I developed my kids with that mindset, uh, been coaching them along, not only training them, but coaching them. I coached AAU, uh, the girls in AAU uh, won a state championship there in Indiana um, coached the boys as they were coming up as well. Coached a lot of travel ball, did some junior high coaching and traveling. And, you know, again, this whole AAU deal, um, I, I would coach, we'd go play in Illinois and Robin would come and watch our teams play. And one of the things she saw is that our teams defended, my teams were organized and they communicated. And um, and so we used to talk about how cool it would be to one day work together. And so that's how that whole connection started and how when she had the opening, when she came to Mizzou, that's how I was able to, to slide in. She knew that I had some basketball uh, certification behind me and had been doing it a long time. So, yeah, yeah that, that's kind of it, man. Last thing, how often do you think about what November 10th against Iowa State is going to be like when you and Michael and who knows, maybe another member of your family run out of that tunnel? <laughs> well, they'll run. I'll walk. <laughs> but um, I think it's going to be fun, man. It's just it's fun to see excitement around Columbia again surrounding Mizzou basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael has brought this up, but we talked about it a lot as a family when we moved here. We couldn't find parking for the men's basketball games. I mean, this yeah. place was packed. It was rocking, and we had never seen anything like it, ever. Not even the Pacer games were – I mean, college is just a different atmosphere and environment. And so, you know, the kids went to quite a few Pacer and Fever games when we lived in Indiana, but this was different. And it was – it was – it was not – we were not happy as a family or satisfied as a family watching it become what it became – uh, no one's fault. Things just – things happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we love this place, man. We love Columbia. We love the University of Missouri, and we want to see it rock again. And So it is such a blessing to have the opportunity to be a part of that. All right, Coach. Well, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that, so we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you down the road this summer. All right, Gabe. Take it easy, man. All right. Have a good one. Michael Porter Sr., University of Missouri assistant coach there. All right, now we uh, go a little bit blast from the past in Missouri basketball. Just got done talking with Michael Porter Sr. We are now going to talk to former Tiger Jimmy McKinney and recent Missouri graduate, as we saw on Twitter, Jimmy McKinney. Jimmy, how you doing today? I'm all right, and you? I'm not, all right, and you? Not too bad. First off, congratulations. Tell me about going back and, and getting that degree and, uh, and how big a deal that was for you. Oh, it was a real big deal for me, you know, um, to be honest, you know, I, sh I should have finished when I was at school, but, you know, things happen. And um, and it was just a must. And when I went overseas and played, you know, it was kind of difficult for me to um, to finish up. Mm -hmm. So when I, everything's got settled and, you know, I retired from basketball and I made a priority for that, for that to be my first priority to finish. All right. Now, I, I want to get into kind of what you've been doing the last 10, 15 years. But first, I just want to ask you, as an alum, as a, a former player here, what are your thoughts on what's going on in this basketball program the last couple months and just how much excitement is there over in St. Louis about it? Well, honestly, I think, I think, um, you know, um, coach Conzo Martin was a great hire. 
I think um, Mizzou really um, sat back and thought about it, and I think they made a great decision about um, you know hiring Coach um, Martin. Um, I think the buzz is going crazy. Uh, I know for sure the buzz is, is is going crazy in St. Louis, where I'm at right now. Um, that's basically that's every that's everyone conversation. You know, is it, it everyone conversations in the barbershop? Everyone conversation, especially you know my family. They called me every day. It's like you, you, you see, you see, <laughs> you see what's going on up in Columbia. I'm all like, I'm on it. You know, so it's the buzz is crazy, man. It's, it's it really is, and um, I'm 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 a really happy guy right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, and this conversation has gone on for like 30 years about why did Missouri struggle in St. Louis. I remember when you signed with Missouri out of St. Louis in, in 2002. I mean, that was. That was a huge deal, uh, you know, kind of biggest biggest player in Missouri had gotten out of St. Louis in forever. So why why do you think it's been a struggle at times for Missouri there? And, and do you think Conzo Martin is the guy that turns that around? I think he is. I think he is. But I think the struggle is is that, um, you know, I just don't think that guys that really reach out to him. I just, I just feel like that when I was in school, I, I thought that, you know, Coach Harvey and – you know, and, and Coach Q really reached out to me and so and so interested in me. Um, but I don't I don't think that you know um, former coaches from um, Mizzou really reached out to guys from St. Louis or Missouri. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think they I, I don't know if they thought we you know Missouri didn't have the you know the quality players to play the Big Twelve or or whatever conference. Um, I, I just I don't know, but um, I, I think Conzo is really taking the effort to. Really, you know, uh, recruit in, in the area. And I think that's a big deal. Have you stayed, in, and I know you have been all over the place the last 15 years, have you stayed connected with the program much? I mean, other than, obviously, you follow the games, know know how they're doing, but have you, like, stayed in touch and connected with, with guys back in Columbia? Well, for sure, when um, Coach Anderson was there. When Coach Anderson was there, I, I definitely stayed in touch. But when, when Coach Anderson left, I, you know, I lost kind of track of um, – uh, you know the program, and uh, but I also talked to like um, the academic advisor, like you know Tammy Jesus and um, um, people like that. But as far as the program goes, you know, I'm I'm just now getting back into you know staying in touch with the program. All right, now you have done a lot of a lot of pretty cool stuff since you left Missouri the first time. So we'll go in kind of chronological order here. I know back a few uh, a few years ago, you were uh, you were an actor. In uh, in a movie in Street Ballers, what was that like? Well, it was probably one of my um, biggest experiences. Um, I want to say that was a uh, you know a, a different chapter for me that I, I I tried to do, and it worked out for me. Um, it was just basically I was playing basketball in here in St. Louis, and the director came up to the gym and was like, "Hey." have you acted before? And I was like, no way. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought about it. And he was like, um, I want you to try to, you know, read the strip. And, and I read it to him. And he was like, you know, I have an audition for you if you want to come. And I came to audition, man. I was so nervous the first time. Then he told me to come back the next day and try to memorize the, you know, the monologue and all that. And, and I came back the next day and I, I, I gotta say, uh, I killed it the, the second day, and um, he gave me the job. All right, so two questions on that. Number one, were you, 
were you good as an actor? And number two, was the movie good? Uh, I think I think it's a little bit of both. Now, <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie was good. You know, I just really had to be myself. Um, the the role that I played, um, Jacob, I just had to be myself, and it was really it was very familiar of, of who I was. So uh, the role was just basically it was me. The role was me, so I, it was real easy, you know. And he also, um, let me, um, let me do my own thing in my own little field, my own little, um, touch on it. So it, it was, it was, it was a decent deal. It was pretty easy for me. All right, then I know you played a number of years overseas, over in uh, in Germany. What what was the culture shock, shock like going from St. Louis to Columbia to uh, to Germany? To be honest, Germany is so Americanized that the transition was was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have eight Americans on one team. You're allowed to have eight Americans on one team, so um, you might have ten Americans on the court at one time. So, it, and then you have the military base that's not far from you. So, you I get to get American food, but the only difference is is that that the the language, yeah. But also, you have probably about seventy-five percent of German German people that speak English. So it was it was it was it was a good transition, a really good and easy transition for me. Did you learn to speak German while you were over there? Oh no, man! That's probably one <laughs> of the hardest languages to speak. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So man, I I know when someone is talking to me, I can understand them. Yeah. Um, but I just can't I just can't speak it back. Were there some guys that you either played with or against in college? I mean, some some like recognizable names that that you were playing with or against over there. Oh, for sure. Um, the guys that I that was over there when I was over there, um, of course, Ricky Paulding, which is still over there. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he's probably one. Of, he's probably one of my favorite players of all time. Um, Jason uh, Conley, he was over there with me. Okay. Trayvon Bryan was on my team the first year. So that was another easy transition for me. Um, um, I played I played against like Thomas. I mean, um, Jason Gardner. I played against Jason Gardner. I played against Scooney Penn. Um, you know, it was it was it was a lot of guys that I played against. You know, I, I can't go off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. uh, I played against Keith Langford. Um, Okay. You know, from Kansas. Yep. So, yeah, it was a lot of guys that I played against. Yeah, we had uh, we had Ricky Paulding on this podcast about I don't know a little over a year ago, and and I still maintain his his dunk at Kansas State was the most impressive yeah, thing I've ever seen. Won it? Yes, it was, man. It was amazing. <laughs> and, and then now, as I understand it, Jimmy, you're back. Uh, you're an assistant coach at your alma mater in St. Louis. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, we just won back to back state championships. Um, yep. It was my first year. It's my first year. It was. I just wanted to get my feet wet to see if this is the thing that I, you know, I love to do or I want to do. You know, I'm just trying to figure out now exactly what my next chapter going to be. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, playing the, the game of basketball anymore. So, you know, I'm just also, you know, trying to do other things. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I, you know, I, got, I run my own business and stuff like that. So, but I, I, I still want to stay around basketball. So. I just tried it this year and see, but I really liked it. I really liked it, you know. So hopefully, you know, I take you know, step forward in that department as well. What's uh, what's the business you run? Um, I have a daycare, and I'm I'm about to open up a, a t-shirt shop. 
um, it's called um, uh, Rush Hour, Rush Hour Designer Company. All right. Well, I know on on that Vashon team, one of the one of the stars was uh, was your cousin. Is that right, Mario? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, Mario McKinney. And his name is yeah. obviously pretty familiar to Mizzou fans already. Uh, tell me about your cousin as a player. Is he uh, is he as good as you were twenty years ago? Oh, for sure. He he really is. He's he's probably um, he's definitely more athletic than I was. Um, he's he's more quicker. Um, and the good thing about it though, he's a, he's a left he's a lefty. Mm-hmm. Um, and the also good thing about it though, he have coaches like Tony Earns and Dwayne Pope and myself that can teach him you know, the game that go along with his athletic, you know, ability. So I think, I think sky's the limit for him. Sky's the limit. And he's very coachable. So that's the, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to coach him, you know, so Mm -hmm. sky's the limit for him. And I really think he can be, you know, way better than what I was in in high school. Just a a couple more for you and we'll let you go. I mean, coaching at your alma mater, and I, I know there is a lot of pride, um, at those high schools in St. Louis. I mean, I was covering spring football the day you guys were playing the state uh, semifinals, and Will Franklin was walking out of football practice coming over to me saying, hey, man, check Twitter. What's the Vashon score? Uh, That's got to be pretty cool at the high school you went to uh, being a coach. Yes, it is. Like, I always tell people, man, um, it's it's like a brotherhood. Vashon High School, not, not just a basketball team. The, the alumni, Vashon is like a big fraternity. You know, it's like a big sorority uh, for the for you know the women's side. So Vashon is 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 its own thing, and it's everybody. It's, you got so much pride and so much love for the school that you know you'll do anything for it. Right? You'll do anything for it, and and the, and the reason why I also came back is because you know I'm just I just want to help out, not just with basketball side. I want to help out our young youth, you know, try to get them on the right path and try to get them the right way, you know, and, and try to let them know that, you know, you have someone that's your kind or that, that looks like you that made it out this situation. So that's another reason why I came back to Vestine High School. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it's been a few years, and I'm dating myself here, too, because I covered you when you were in school. But when you look uh-huh. back on your days at Mizzou, is, it, is there any one one game, one thing that really stands out to you as, as kind of your best memory? For sure. my Well, I got two. Um, the first one was my first game at KU. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like the crowd and, you know, the historical, you know, playing KU and, you know, going to KU and just not winning the game, but um, just the atmosphere. And then the second one was the Big 12 tournament when we were down 22 at half Oklahoma and we came all the way back, even though we lost the game. Um, Ricky missed a shot. I still always, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, talk to him about that, man. Come on, man. You at the basket, man. You got to make that. <laughs> You know, but um, them two, them two really sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Now, uh, hey, last thing, you uh, you got any plans now that you're back close to uh, get down to any games this year? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm trying to get as you know, I'm trying to get down to as much games as possible. Um, I think I'm gonna come down. Also, when um, school is out, I'm bringing the kids, my kids, down to play in um, the camps 
that's there. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get down as much as possible because, you know, me and, me and Coach Martin, we kind of build a, a kind of a, a good relationship. So um, I'm going to get down as much as possible, man. And, you know, I love Mizzou. And my heart is half blue and, um, black and gold, and the other, one ha- other half is blue and white. All right. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate all your time, man, and, and look forward to maybe uh, catching up with you when you're down here in Columbia. All right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Have a good one. Former Tiger Jimmy McKinney. And, uh, you know, that is that interview is, is pretty interesting. Um, that's what a lot of Missouri people want to hear. These, these guys who have not been maybe involved with the program over the last few years. And look, I, I mean, Jimmy was in Germany. So, of course, he's probably not going to be involved uh, from from Germany. But Conzo Martin's reaching out to these guys, and, and Jimmy McKinney is an assistant coach at Vashon High School with one of the top players in the state in 2019 is related to him. Um, that's a, a pretty decent relationship to uh, to cultivate. So, uh, and again, I, a big deal. Um, certainly, we don't want to skip over our, our first uh, question with Jimmy. Came back, got his degree. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, he left here, I think, in, in 06, maybe 07. So, it's been 10 years, but came back and finished up and uh certainly congratulations to him and uh a guy that's a role model for a lot of kids in St. Louis uh some of whom probably don't have the easiest of circumstances but like he said it shows that somebody from that background can can get it done so kudos to Jimmy coming back and getting everything done uh appreciate him taking some time appreciate Michael Porter senior taking some time telling us about his kids his uh wife who is the best basketball player in the family at least for now and uh, about his first few weeks on the job here. So, uh, full podcast this week, uh, Rivals Camp in St. Louis on Sunday. And Brian Austin, Sean Williams, and I will all be there. Uh, as far as I know, all the big-time recruits from St. Louis, all those seven kids who are our top recruits from St. Louis plan to be there. So, we're going to talk with a lot of those guys. But there will be a lot of other Missouri targets as well. And probably some of those kids going to get an invite to the five-star challenge in Indianapolis in three or four weeks. Brian's going to be up there covering that for us. So uh, Alex Schiffer still on the basketball recruiting beat. All kinds of stuff. It, it is all recruiting all the time, at least for the next couple of months. Uh, we are now less than two months away from SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama. So not too much time off. No rest for the weary. We will be back next Thursday. Uh, Brian will join us again on the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then.